What a great day to be in the house of the Lord together. We're starting a new series today. I am really pumped that you're here. This is going to take us right through the month of May. And, but I'm glad you're here on day one. Everybody say, up and to the right. Listen, whenever we're tracking something that's good, guess where we want it to go? We want to go up and to the right. Come on, you guys are going to have to do a little bit better, a little participatory here. Because like when on a graph, you want to be able to chart, right, what's happening here. So let's do a little exercise. The money in your bank account, where do you want it to go? Your waistline. No, no, that was a test. That was a test to see if you were paying attention. No, I said good things, right? Good things. How about all, when you're in school, how about your grades? Mm-hmm. You get the picture here? How about time spent with family? Up and to the right. How about doing our 260 Bible reading? Yeah. Up and to the right, yes. See, whenever we want to track something good, that's the direction we want it to go, up and to the right. But we know that life does not always work out that way. Every single one of us, man, we face setbacks, challenges, discouraging seasons, things where we just say, this did not feel up and to the right. This felt more like, I don't know what, down and to the left. You know, this was just not helpful at all. And oh my goodness, over these past couple of years, right? There's been a lot of down and to the left moments. I was thinking this week about uh, it was two years before Kelly and I came to Santa Maria. It's 2013. And in 2013, uh, no, it was 2012, sorry, because we came here in 2014. So 2012, we were living um, on the outskirts of Portland, Oregon, been there for several years, developed community there. We were, uh, our kid, kids all went to high school there and just kind of loved this area where we in. And there was a four-square church that um, we, we actually kind of leapfrogged over it and we were at the Portland Foursquare Church at the time, had been on staff there for a season and, um, and uh, was serving in different ways. But there was a, a Foursquare Church that was literally about a mile and a half from our doorstep. Been there a long time, great church, really close to my kids' high school. And uh, the pastor transitioned out and you know, driving around our city or whatever, God began to put a vision in my heart to pastor that church. Like I, I could taste it, you know? It was like you start to pray about it, you start to think about it, and it's like, man, I could see how this would be awesome. Man, we would get to like pastor people who have been in our neighborhood, like our friends, people we've cultivated relationships. Man, I, you know, and so like the more and more you like you pray about it and you're driving around the city and you're, you're getting vision and, and like God's downloading stuff. And so, you know, I talked to the district supervisor there um, and, you know, really, you know, shared my heart, shared the vision. He's like, man, 
we would love for you, you know, to be one of the people that we're considering. And so it was kind of a long process, and it came down to two of us that they uh, really thought, man, these people could be a fit. And so, man, met with the church leaders, had this great conversation. Kelly and I are in there just pouring our hearts out, sharing vision, answering questions about who we are. And there was, you could tell, like, when there's a connection with people, you know, they were excited, we were excited. And so it was like, all right, God, you know, we know what's happening here. Let's just sign on the, on the dotted line and, and move forward to pastor in this church. Did I mention it was in my neighborhood? <laughs> and that we really believe that God had said, right, this is where you're going to be going? Guess what? Coffee time with the district supervisor. It did not go the way I'd anticipated. Oh. They chose the other leader to pastor the church. I'd love to tell you that in that moment, it was just like, God, that means you're preserving me for another place to go and pastor. God, you know, it's, you know like this man of faith of the hour. Oh, no. <laughs> I was devastated. My spirit was crushed. I just felt like the wind had left the sails, you know, as it were. It was tough. It was hard. I'm like, God, what are you doing with my life? This all made sense. This should go really well. And it didn't. Well, so I thought. Listen, our lives are not just this straight arrow up and to the right. In fact, when you look at that little you know, logo there, and it's kind of the little broken arrow, you know, the one with the little dips and turns, because life is not just going to be this straight, goes up to the right in every area of life. We will, say, we will go through things that are challenging and hard. And I think, like I said, over the last couple of years, lots of us have been in these places where there's been these downturns, where we've just experienced disappointments, sometimes great sadness and challenges. But guess what, friends? We are not stuck where I was stuck for a bit of time. We are not stuck there. There is hope. And I believe that not only for my own life, but I believe for our church family that God is calling us to a new season. A season where we chart a new course, both personally and as a church family. Where we say, God, you are calling us forward. You are calling us up and to the right. And I am not stuck where I have been over these past seasons. Now listen, anytime we chart a new course, guess what? The first thing that we must do is figure out, okay, well, where am I today? Right, it doesn't do any good to say we want to go up and to the right if we don't know where we are. Like, if there's a graph, right, and so we're kind of using like a little image of you know, graph paper here, 
We've got to know where we can plot ourselves so that we know how do I get from where I am to where I want to be. So today is going to be a little different because I want to share with you something that I have found to be very helpful in my life over these past seasons. And we're going to be talking about that, this little handout that you have um, over the next several weeks. And so today, I'd love for you to have this. In fact, ushers, Larry, anybody not have one of these? Because you, you need one today. We've got a few people scattered around that still need a handout. And hey, listen, if you're joining us online, I want you to be able to also get the handout. And so we're going to put up a website right here. It's very simple. It is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash up and right, all in lowercase, bit.ly slash up and right. In fact, if you're on uh, the podcast, you can just head right over there as well, download the handout, because you're going to want this. You're going to want to see it, and uh, there's places to fill in, and so are you ready? So I want you to picture yourself, before we get to this, I want you to picture yourself on a little rowboat in the middle of the ocean on a very dark night. Where do you go? Like, how might you chart a way forward to where there would be safety, where there would be land? You have no idea where to even point that little boat. So it's like, it's really pointless to like start rowing because you have no idea where you're going. Well, for centuries, navigators have used the North Star. They've used the stars and when they see that North Star, they know the direction in which they are pointed. We need this bearing. We need a reference point so we can begin to say, okay, that way I can begin to move forward. It was about three months ago that I personally had kind of a North Star type of experience. Um, I had, uh, was having breakfast with some pastors that I meet with regularly who are uh, dear friends in our community. And but this month, one of those pastors had a friend in town and he's a global leader with a ministry called, and very appropriately, the Navigators. And the Navigators are this kind of, they're a global discipleship ministry, powerfully used by the Lord all around the world. Great, great stuff. While we were at breakfast, this leader from the Navigators said, hey, would you guys mind if I just showed you something that's been really helpful to me and used with a lot of leaders? And I was like, sure. So he literally grabbed a napkin and sketched out something very similar to what you have before you. Once he shared it, my mind started like, like just having all these beautiful synapses of like, wow, this is really valuable. But more than my mind being captivated by this little diagram, my spirit leapt. Because I knew that I had found myself over these last couple of years, and I've shared a bit about this with you, that I have felt many times like I'm in a little rowboat, middle of the night, middle of the ocean, and I'm just like, Whoa! you know, but I don't know if I'm going in circles here, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm headed in the right direction. 
And so when God brought this leader and this model into my life, I knew that it was for me. But over these past months, I really felt like, you know what? I believe this is for us. This is too good to just hold on to for myself. So everybody got your hand out right here? Everybody say up and to the right. And there's this, there's this, obviously, a box that's here. And first thing I want to do is I want us to explore the edges of the box. You can see right there, there's a couple of highs and a couple of lows. Let's talk about the first high first, right at the top, that top line. This is where we are in an environment of high encouragement, High encouragement. This is when we're in life and we're experiencing passion, joy, love. Like we, we feel like we're part of something. We're part of a team. We're not just doing this on our own. And this is where we feel most motivated and highly engaged. Okay? Capture that, just this high encouragement environment. Now, if you go down to the bottom, we're going to see the opposite. This is low encouragement at the bottom of the box. This is where we feel discouraged, overwhelmed, beat up by life. Very little enthusiasm or passion here. We can feel exhausted. We can feel isolated and alone. And the closer we are to that bottom line, the less positive we feel about actually engaging in life. So let's stick with the lows for a moment. Let's go over to that left hand where it says low, the word there is low challenge, low challenge. This is where we feel zero urgency to do much of anything. This is like drinking a big warm cup of I don't give a care. I just don't care. There's just no motivation to do much of anything, right? When hugging this left boundary is when we tend to stagnate, slip into laziness, and become very unproductive. Because this is low challenge. So, now we're going to move over to the right-hand side, and this, of course, is high challenge. High challenge is that place where we are being called to vision and mission. There is this strong motivation and strong urgency to, like, move forward, be productive, Get stuff done, right? And while the less left side is like very passive, 
Because we're just like hanging out in the jacuzzi, just all warm and cuddly, but there's no like motivation to get stuff done. On the right side, the closer we get to the right side, we find ourselves really engaged with, with activity. We're, we're on the move on the right side. So, important to note this. Almost no one finds themselves at one of the extremes. Probably no one is like at the very, very top or at the very, very bottom. Probably no one is all the way to the right or all the way to the left. And again, it's like the graph paper. It's, it, it's we, we plot ourselves somewhere on this map. But to help explore this further, we're going to break this down into four like internal quadrants, four boxes within the larger box to help bring definitions so that we can maybe more clearly identify where we are. So you ready? Top left. We're going to start top left and kind of work our way around counterclockwise. The top left quadrant is the cozy quadrant. Cozy. The cozy quadrant is where we find ourselves in an environment where there's high encouragement. Man, we feel hugged and loved. Man, this is sunshine and butterflies. Feels so good to be here. But very little challenge, very little motivation or urgency to actually move forward in life and get stuff done. Very nice place to take a vacation in the cozy quadrant. But you know what? I'll tell you, you stay there too long and you're going to find yourself complacent, unproductive, and really not all that great for yourself or for your family, for the people you work with or work alongside of, it's a tough place to be. And it is really not gonna ever help us to grow. It will we'll just stop, like I said, we'll stagnate and we'll stop growing. Now we're gonna go to the lower left. And this truly is like down and to the left. This is the bored quadrant. This is where we are at the lowest of lows. We are the furthest away from up and to the right. We are down and to the left. Not only are we not being challenged to like move forward in life and take new ground, not only that, but we are at a place where we have no sense of love or encouragement, the closer we get down to that little bottom, we are just at this place of discouragement. If we get to this spot, it feels like the plug has been pulled on life and just life is just draining away in this quadrant right here. Oftentimes, when people deal with depression at any level. Maybe it's just hard to get out of bed. Life is tough. 
I'm not enjoying this. All the way up to, you know, where people are in real medical urgency because of depression. A lot of times I think we could point to the fact that this is where they have found themselves in this type of a quadrant. And it's also a dangerous place to be very long because it's here I believe that people make kind of the worst decisions in their lives. Because sometimes they're just willing to do anything to try to like bring a spark of life back in. And so, you know, they start searching around the internet in inappropriate places. They start drinking things or injecting things into their body or popping pills, not because they're prescribed, but because they're just wanting any way out of this place of such discouragement. It's the bored, discouraged quadrant. Now, the quadrant to the right of that, again, down at the bottom, this is not much better. This is the stressed quadrant. Stressed. Picture the drill sergeant, and it is your first day of boot camp. Right? Oh, my gosh. Super high challenge. But you know what? Whoa. Very low encouragement. Very low encouragement. They're like right up in your grill, you know, the two inches from the face just spitting at you as they're yelling, yelling instructions. Even though you may be getting stuff done, right, because you are challenged and motivated, you don't like it one bit. There is no joy, no passion like for life here. It's kind of sucks. Is that okay to say? It's hard, it is challenging, and it is no fun at all. We ask questions like, what is the purpose of this life that I'm leading? What did I sign up for? I feel overworked and undervalued. I am stressed out. But then we get to up and to the right. And this quadrant is the fruitful quadrant. Fruitful. Fruitful. This is the quadrant of life where we would probably all express that this is where we thrive. This is where life takes on meaning. And we say, man, I am, I am fulfilled in what I'm doing. Fulfilled in my work, fulfilled in my home life, my personal life. I am fruitful and I am thriving, baby. Woo! High encouragement and high challenge come together in this beautiful and powerful synergy that I believe is, is like, it's exponentially wonderful. It's just amazing. And listen, not only is this really where all of us long to be in this place where we're thriving and fruitful and find meaning for our lives, not only do we desire that, you know what? This is what God desires for us as well. This is the place that I would call of more and more. 
Remember I said it's kind of like exponentially good in this upper quadrant. The closer we get, like to man, moving all the way up into that far right corner. It is the area of more and more because not only are we experiencing more of the love of Jesus, everybody say encouragement, but we're also seeing that our life is being more and more transformed so that we're actually becoming like Jesus. Everybody say challenge. challenge. That's challenging. This is a challenging path that we're on. This is not easy to move up and to the right. It is not easy to get out of where we may be especially after these last couple of years where we've been stuck in these different non-fruitful quadrants. But I'm telling you, the struggle to get there is worth it. And I believe this is where God is not only calling me, but he's calling you and he's calling our church family to chart this new course God, how am I going to get to where I need to be? Now, over the next weeks, we're going to start unpacking that. In fact, next week, man, I hope that you can be with us again or at least get it online because what we're going to do next week is we are going to begin to actually look at these other non-fruitful boxes and say, how do we get unstuck from those? How do we actually begin to break free and make the kinds of decisions that are going to help us move up and to the right, okay? That's where we're headed. We're gonna talk about that for a couple of weeks. Then we're gonna begin to then talk about how does this impact our life as a church family? What does it look like as a a church, as SM4? How, as a whole church, can we together begin to move up and to the right? But I said that this is not only where we desire to be, this is where God desires us to be. I believe that it's as we move up into the right is where we find Jesus waiting for us. Jesus is like there calling us. Do you know that Jesus' life was an up and to the right, fruitful life? This is where Jesus lived. I want to show you a scripture. It's in John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. Listen to what Jesus says to his followers. He says, I have loved you. Everybody say encouragement. Oh, man. And his disciples knew it. Man, they felt the love of Jesus. Even when Jesus was saying things to them that were going to challenge them, It was going to be hard for them to hear. Guess what? They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were loved. They were loved. They were highly encouraged by Jesus day after day. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Jesus knew that he was walking in the encouragement and love of the Father. Do you remember on more than one occasion there was the voice from heaven. When we read through the New Testament, we we like hear like Jesus is baptized, he comes out of the water and there's a voice from heaven. You know what that voice from heaven was saying? Hey, 
This is my son in whom I am well pleased. He knew the encouragement of his father. And guess what he does for us? He brings his encouragement to our lives, into our stories. Praise the Lord. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, everybody say challenge. Challenge. Oh, yes, Pastor Jim said this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a little bit difficult here. Why? Because it requires obedience to the Lord. We're never going to get up into the right if we're just coming up with our own chart and our own plans, and this is how I would prefer to lead my life. No, there's a challenge here. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Now listen to this last phrase, though. Just as I obey my Father's commandments. Say, challenge. Do you think it wasn't challenging for Jesus to live here on this warped, weird planet with people who are oppressing him, betraying him, and eventually murdering him? Do you believe that it was not challenging for him to be obedient to the Father? I mean, all you have to do is go read, right, the night that he was arrested, and he's pleading with the Father. God, if there's any other way for this to happen, if there's any other way than the cross, God, that is what I'm asking you for. But then he says these words, but not my will, but yours be done. Sweat dripping from his body. It says as, as all, like great drops of blood. I mean, he was just, do you think this wasn't hard for Jesus? There's another place in scripture that says, hey, just remember that in trying to avoid sin, none of you has shed blood yet. In other words, what Jesus went through to fight sin, to win over the enemy, it cost him everything. For us, yeah, it's challenging to be obedient, but not like it was for Jesus. So we can say that Jesus, like is the ultimate picture of what it looks like to be up and to the right, to live in that place of absolute fruitfulness. Make sense? So in a moment, we're gonna do a little self-assessment, but don't put any marks on your paper yet. But just kind of prepare your hearts for, wow, I wonder where I am on, on this little model, this little diagram. But first, I want you to, Recognize that there is no wrong place to find ourselves today. Remember, because before we can chart a course anywhere positive, anywhere up and to the right, we first have to identify, where am I? Like, where am I right now? And so what is needed is an honest self-assessment. Like a, a self-awareness of like, wow, these are challenging. And I think I'm understanding these four quadrants a little bit. You know, am I in that place where it's cozy, where there's, I feel really loved, but man, there is no motivation to get anything done. 
Am I in that really low place of just boredom in life, maybe battling depression, feel discouraged and not challenged to move forward? Or am I just stressed, right? And all of us would probably agree that, man, like I've been saying, over these last couple of years, there's a lot of reason why we might find ourselves especially more than we were two years ago today when we were only hearing about a virus like, eh, a few people sick in China, right? Do you realize, this is May 1st, we were just like still like just learning about this stuff. It was starting to have implications here. But not like it was going to for the rest of 2020. We have to honestly identify where we are, and that is okay. Because we can't move forward unless we acknowledge where we are. At the bottom of the diagram, you're going to see three questions. They're very simple. Where am I now? Where do I want to be? How do I get there? Today, what we're really doing is answering that first question. Just this is the first part in this story that we're going to be talking about over the coming weeks. Next week, we're really going to, like I said, jump to that third point. How will I get there? How will I get where I want to be? Before you put a dot on the paper, I also don't want you to like overanalyze this because some of you are probably already thinking like, well, at work I feel one way, at home I feel another way completely. <laughs> right? Wherever, somewhere different on that. But here's what I want you to do for, for today's purpose. I want you to just pick the spot that you best feel represents where you are in life today. If I had to say where I feel that I am, where on this graph, again, probably not gonna be an extreme, it's probably gonna be somewhere, you know, off one of the lines, but be honest. And listen, if you're with other people and it's a little embarrassing to admit this is where I am, you can just kind of like, between you and Jesus, you just drill a hole with your eyeballs right into that piece of paper right there <laughs> of where you find yourself. So I wanna, I can just give you a moment Go ahead and, I've done this for myself personally. Let's take a moment and say, God, this is where I think I am. So can I tell you, congratulations. <laughs> You've just taken the first step, right? Of like figuring out how am I going to get where I want to be? You can also begin to dream right now about where do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like six months from now, a year from now? Where would I like to be able to be if I were to take this same assessment a year from now? Where would I want my dot to be then? Okay? Now we're getting someplace. Now we're being able to begin to see maybe, there, maybe there's a way forward. Maybe there is a way to move up and to the right. And I want you to know something here. That little arrow that I chose to help us remember this series that we're in, like I said, it, it has ups and downs. Never assume that our lives are just going to be this 
straight, easy path to go up into the right. This is a journey of a lifetime. And so what's more important is that we set our hearts on that direction, that we have this north star. In fact, let's call it a northeast star because it's up and to the right. And we're like, that's where I want to go. And I realize that I will face setbacks and challenges. I'm gonna have some discouraging days along the way, but this is a journey. This is a pilgrimage for a lifetime. I am setting myself to move in this new direction. And when I experience a setback, I'm not stuck there because Jesus calls me forward. In fact, what I want to do is we would close today and just kind of put a comma here and rejoin this conversation next week. I want you to look at the scripture that is right under that box in the three questions. This is one of the most, I think, iconic statements of Jesus to his followers. So packed with love and power and just the wonder of God just wrapped up into this this one idea here. So you can read along with me from Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where Jesus says, come to me. Underline that, and let's pause for a moment and think about that. Here's what Jesus is saying when he says those first three words, and we can almost like just boop, over, you know, overlook those first three words. Jesus is somewhere. He is somewhere specific. He is just not like, okay, we know that God is in all and created all and sustains all, so he's kind of everywhere. But you know what? I want to tell you, he is somewhere specific. And he knows where our dot is. He knows just where you put your dot and why you put it there. And you know what he's saying? Come. This begins with this amazing, beautiful invitation. And I want to tell you something. If God invites us to do something or to go somewhere, it's because he knows that it is within our potential to do that. You are not stuck where you are. How do I know that? Because Jesus has invited you forward. He has invited you with encouragement and with challenge, but he has invited you, come to me. Run, crawl, do whatever you can, but come to me. There's this invitation. And wherever there is an invitation, we can know that he would not have invited us if he knew we would be unable to even take one small step forward. And friends, even today, if it is just a baby step, yeah. oh, I don't know. Listen, just to begin pointing yourself in the right direction, that North Star, for many is a huge thing because, man, life has been just pointed all over the place. That little rowboat's been spinning in the middle of the ocean. I'm just dizzy and lost. For some, that small step is just like orienting myself, saying, hey, maybe there's hope after all. Point yourself to hope. Point yourself to Jesus. He has invited you. Come to me. 
All y'all, he says. All y'all over here. All y'all online. All y'all in the courtyard. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. So beautiful. Man, what encouragement. Talk about high encouragement. Jesus, you're going to come alongside me and help me with all these things I've been carrying? It's his promise. Take my yoke upon you. Wait, that sounds like work. That sounds like a challenge. Oh, yes, it is. We have to read the whole verse because we need to stop at that, you know, verse 28 and assume that like, oh, all he wants me to do is rest. I'm going to be cozy with Jesus, right? Like just, he, just me and Jesus in the hot tub. He loves me. He's bearing my burdens, which he is. And then he says, not only am I going to give you rest, I'm going to give you a new burden. Take my yoke upon you. And that idea of the yoke is that, you know, you probably realize it's like the farmer putting a yoke not on one oxen, on one ox, but on two oxen, so that they would share the load. They would share the work. They would share in the mission that they have. Jesus is saying he wants us to not be burdened by all of the stuff that we've been carrying, but he wants to give us his yoke. He says, I want to like be linked to you so powerfully that when I'm on mission, you're on mission with me. When I'm seeking after new fruit, new harvest, you're right there with me. We are doing this together. That is the picture of Jesus' yoke. If you feel like, yeah, I'm just doing this on my own. Remember, that's that place of low encouragement. I feel isolated, alone on this journey. Can I tell you, that is not God's plan for you or for me or for us. He does not work keeping people in isolation. He works in relationship and in partnership where there is mutual encouragement and Guess what? He's also given us the Holy Spirit, who is the encourager. You remember that? Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Quit listening to the world. Quit listening to your negative neighbor. Quit listening to that really negative employee of yours. I'm not going to look around the room and look at anybody. <laughs> Don't be taught by them, right? Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. It's like this burden that we've been carrying, like you picture like a backpack and it's just filled with rocks and it's just so uncomfortable. It's, I'm getting blisters, you know, this is so, I just cannot carry this any further. And Jesus said, you're right. That's not the burden you were ever designed to carry. He takes it off. And then he says, take mine upon you. 
They're like, God, I, I can't carry another. I, I can't. But then we say, all right, Lord, I, I'm going to trust you in this. And all of a sudden, we slip something on, and we're like, what, what, what is this? Because it is a custom fit just for you. Like tailor-made to your curves, to the curves of your personality, your gifts, your strengths, even your weaknesses. And he says, oh no, I know all about that. So I took all of that into consideration when you pick up my burden, because guess what? It is light for you. This is not going to feel high stress. Not gonna be cozy either. Definitely not gonna be boring. Because you're yoked to me. We don't live boring lives when we're yoked to Jesus. But you know what? And I love, just, let's just go back to that statement. This is where we find rest. What do you say? I thought rest was like getting rid of everything. No. Rest in the kingdom of God is where we live in the high encouragement of Jesus. Fully loved. But then also like, whoa, fully committed to this challenge of walking in obedience linked to him because I am on mission with Jesus. High encouragement, high challenge, and when we're with Jesus, he says, this is where you are going to find rest for your soul. Who wants to be fruitful? Come on now, who wants to be fruitful? Two hands, I love it. Friends, I'm excited over these next weeks to journey with you through this conversation and figure out how do we not only orient ourselves up into the right, but how do we begin taking steps to get there and get unstuck from where we are? Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, even for wise leaders who will introduce us to these kinds of models just to help us identify, Lord, where are we? God, I'm reminded of David saying, Lord, search my heart. Wherever you find me, Lord, search my heart. I want to be known by you. And God, thank you, Father, for just a simple tool that we can use to help us reflect on where we find ourselves today so that we can move forward to you where you are inviting us in. So Jesus, we plant our feet towards that North Star. Lord, for all those who are discouraged, God, I pray for encouragement. Lord, I pray that even those things, very hard things, negative things that may have been stirred up in this conversation, that God, that you would today begin to Breathe new life, new encouragement, the reminder that no one is alone on this journey. And God, I pray for those who are stressed, who would say, oh my goodness, man, have I been one of those people who is like weary and heavy laden? God, I just pray for relief. Lord, that wind of the spirit that would just come and blow, bringing refreshment, Restoring joy, restoring hope for the future. God, I pray, Lord, for 
any who find themselves, like I certainly have, in one of those unfruitful places in life. That God, we would begin to hear your voice together. Come to me. Lord, and we would say right now, God, we submit our hearts to you. We accept your invitation. We accept your invitation. Hey, just in this moment, I, I don't know everyone in the room and I don't know your spiritual life story. But there may be some here today or maybe some listening to my voice, joining us online or listening to the podcast and maybe today for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, you are hearing the invitation of the Lord the one who knows you best and loves you most. And you would hear the words of his invitation, come to me. This is a place of safety. This is a place of refuge. This is a place where you are not going to be burdened down with religion or anything else. This is a place of freedom. This is a place of rest. Come to me. And if you have never responded to that invitation before, but today you know, man, I wanna say yes to Jesus. Would you just like raise your hand right now, just with you and I looking around. I just wanna like agree with you that today's your day. Accept his invitation. Do not go one day further. Look at me and just wave for a second because I wanna agree with you. Don't miss out, come on, on an invitation. Praise the Lord, bro. Someone else, yeah, yeah, I see you, sister, love you, proud of you. Anybody in the courtyard, just kind of flag me, just wave big and I probably can see you. Anybody online that is joining us in right now, please let us know. We would love to come alongside and partner with you. And today when we dismiss, I'm gonna ask for those couple people that responded to that invitation today to do the hard thing and that's just like come and just share with someone up front. Come and find one of these leaders and receive prayer and say, you know what, today I'm just setting my course in a new direction. Some may have done that before. It's okay. Do it again. Don't allow fear to rule the day. Set your heart in the right direction. Accept his invitation and come. And for any others who are just Oh man, you've been feeling those burdens and stresses. Man, come and receive ministry today. Come and just allow someone to pray for you. Maybe you will receive a prophetic word that's going to like shift what you're seeing, shift how you're perceiving. In fact, I'm just gonna just release all of our leaders today. Just ask God for a prophetic word for anybody who comes and just share that with them. Don't let them leave before you say, this is what I hear the Lord saying for you. Church, up and to the right, setting our hearts in a new direction, charting a new course for the future. You are loved, praying for you this week. Look forward to inviting you to, well, back next week. Invite a friend. Maybe somebody else needs to hear this series as well. You are loved. We'll see you soon.